0: Welcome to Hit Different, quick, tiny, tight bonus episode where we ask Ben Lee about music that hit different throughout his life. We're going to do a tight 10 here. Ben, when you were a kid, the first time you ever heard something on the radio, on Rage, wherever where you are just absolutely gobsmacked.
1: Pet shop Boys, Left to My Own Devices.
0: So, song about um, masturbation?
1: Perfect, sad.
0: Is it a song about masturbation?
1: I don't know. I never really thought that it could be. I'd have to look back at it. It might be. It, it, but it was just sad and minor key and up and dancey. And I just, it, it like... It encapsulated that bittersweet thing that pop music can do.
0: Fantastic. And then the next the next moment where you were sort of maybe the opposite of Pet Shop Boys or something that's just completely grabbed you and, as you say, hit different.
1: I remember being a kid listening to that Mark Cohen song, Walking in Memphis. Yeah. Um, and it's a great song and it's, it was like a real, like, it might have been my introduction to almost like singer-songwriter. Or I knew like John Denver and stuff too. But, um, but yeah, I really liked it that it was a story and that it was soulful and that there was like an emotional arc to it like where he starts in the song and where he ends up are different and yeah i remember that really affecting me
0: what was sort of the first music you saw live your first concert experience and give us a give us a nice juicy story
1: i went to the turn back the tide concert on bondi beach with like john farnham and jimmy barnes and everyone and you know it was like a real was one of those big, it was like an anti-pollution concert. I think that was probably, Dragon, Dragon Dragon. played too. A lot
2: of hair, by the sounds of it. Yeah, it was
1: just, I remember like my dad got, my dad was on the local council. So he got us sort of these VIP tickets (laughs) and they were in like the, the VIP sort of area that was actually next to the band area. So I just spent the whole day like yelling over the, uh over the fence like mark hunter come over here sign this piece of paper john farnham come sign this piece of paper and i've lost that over the years somewhere but i had this piece of paper signed by all those artists
0: unreal Uh, any alcohol flowing on the day too young for it
1: i think i was nine or something i was a little young
0: uh angus let's get into your teens now so first time you got drunk
1: i mean i don't remember it as one time it might have been at like a jewish festival or something but but i I, I, You know, once I got into, like, Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses, it was just nonstop, like, stealing booze and all that kind
2: of <laughs> thing. <laughs> was that the kind of thing that made you pick up a guitar in the first place?
1: Yeah, I think so. Because it was like you saw Vince Neil in the back of a limo in a jacuzzi with two topless women driving down Sunset Boulevard. And I was just like, whatever that job is, I want to do that. <laughs>
0: And um, what was the song that got you into uh, Yeah, you Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and all that kind of stuff?
1: I mean, Guns N' Roses, I certainly heard when they put out Welcome to the Jungle. That was the first thing I heard. Motley Crue, I don't, you know, a lot of these bands at that time I discovered through Hot Metal magazine. Hot Metal? Um, I, I can't so recall it. It was almost more like, it, w- it was called Hot Metal. It was like an 80s metal magazine in Australia. And it was very like you would first come to know the image of the band and the name and the logo and then discover the music. (laughs) So it's hard to remember like the, the first song I heard.
2: That obviously was a gateway to, I guess, indie rock and punk.
1: Well, it was in a sense because like once like Nirvana and like once all the, like I discovered all the Sydney punk stuff and like the hard ons and then like smudge and the welcome mad. And like, it was so refreshingly accessible in a way that glam rock and hard rock was on a pedestal and
0: with somewhere else. Has there been a moment in your life where you've looked around uh, and felt a bit like Vince Neil? You've had that kind of like rock star excess where you've gone, mm, maybe I need to, to to pair this back?
1: Not really. I, I'm just innately... It's funny because I'm sort of extreme in some ways, but I'm also like innately self-preserving and moderate. I guess there was only one moment where I was like hanging out with Luke Steele and Connor Oberst in LA at a party and I was talking a lot. And I remember Luke <laughs> said to me later, he was like, yeah, mate, I was kind of worried about you that night. <laughs> that was one of the only times. But for me, it's more like I more went off the deep end in terms of like my spiritual practices and things like that. Mm. That was more, I think, where I was self-destructive in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah. When Luke Steele says that you're a bit out there, that's when you know is <laughs> isn't it? When- <laughs>
0: when Luke Steele says, you're being <laughs> verbose. You're like, oh, bro. <laughs> okay. Right, <laughs> Adams, is sitting there, going, "I'm just trying to play a song, man." Uh, when you're in LA and, and it's the never-ending party, how do you? How, how do you pull back from that and, and go, "Hang on, I've never met these people. I'm going to have a really cool time for the next three days with these people." How do you go? No, this opportunity may come back again.
1: I mean, I I believe in having fun and having adventures, and I just think there's ways you do it, especially once you have kids and you, you know, and you get older too. Your body doesn't rebound as quickly. You just have to be you have to know the machine that you're working with and be realistic about it. I mean, that's kind of what I love about Tom Robbins. Like he's 89. He's still a lot of fun, but within, you know, and it takes him a little longer to get ready in the morning. And he's like, you know, it's just like, I I just don't, I, I'm not into like making absolutes about times of my life where this, this was this period. And that was that period. Like it can continue to evolve and change. um, But you do have to be, just in reality about who you are at that moment.
0: Everything in moderation, including moderation.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Tell us about your 20s when you sort of had something else come along musically that you really resonated with.
1: Um, I remember when, I, when me and Claire, my first sort of big girlfriend, broke up, like I was single at 23 And it was, um, I was about to make Awake is the New Sleep. I'd written the songs and I was like hooking up with all these girls on the road and they were all listening to Death Cab for Cutie and Iron and Wine. And those two records became like the the first Iron and Wine and Transatlanticism became these records that like, they just spoke to me of this like romantic yearning (laughs) and debauchery. Like a tenderness within a wildness, mm, you know mm. and I think both those records sort of informed Awake Is the you sleep in a way,
2: yeah, I was gonna say that uh because it's almost like you become jealous of other songwriters, and that that that's what you need to sort of like push you forward a little bit, oh, yeah, if you want to play in the same space did you do you feel like because your your stuff sort of while while it has that same um I guess sort of like access to vul- vulnerability. You were more of a performer, I suppose. Of it, did you did you find yourself sort of wrestling with that kind of, you know, someone like Sam Beam, especially Iron and Wine, is it's it's, a, it's very sort of like insular, whereas you're much more extroverted. Was was there a, sort of a, a dissonance there?
1: Yeah, I think there's yeah, there's probably been periods where I thought that, you know, but then you also just sort of realize that like everyone's got their shtick. Um, and like Will Oldham being like unavailable and changing his band name 50 times (laughs) is just another form of show business. You know what I mean? Like, um, but I used to, yeah, I used to kind of rail against that, like, oh, that deliberately obscure thing. Yeah. I think I've gone through lots of different periods with that and where I've wanted to be. And there's times where I have been, I've done whole tours where I've just been kind of like, you know, just traipsing around, being quiet, doing my thing. And also periods of my life where I've been like more engaged with the media mm-hmm. and less engaged with the media. But innately I'm a communicator. Mm. And I-, I can't be too obscure for too long. I
2: don't what think. was the what was the sort of period or age where, you know, all those little bits sort of settled to the bottom of the river and you you saw kind of who you were and felt comfortable with that?
1: Oh man, I don't know. That's still happening. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like I'm still wrestling with, you know, someone, maybe I think you mentioned this already. Someone asked me the other day about my relationship to like pop culture and underground culture and all that. And it's like, I'm very torn in that sense. But a lot of the artists I love are very torn. Um, I always remember Michael Stipe saying, R.E.M. wanted to be the acceptable edge of the unacceptable. Mm, mm. Um, That's great. And I like that. I, I relate to that. I think David Bowie was like that. I think, I think there, Bob Dylan was like that. Like I think people who like troll the depths of weirdness, but then find ways to kind of communicate the essence of it to a broader audience, that's something I'm interested in.
0: I really dug when you came out a few years ago wearing the yellow suit everywhere. And it just became this thing that people, people yeah, talked yeah. about with I'm fun. Have you got anything up your sleeve?
1: I'm just putting it together, but I'm, I'm, do you know who Byron Spencer is? He's like a really great visual artist. He did the last um, Genesis Ousu oh, yeah. video. That's really God. good. Um, Record, yeah. But I'm con- we're coming up with the whole visuals right now um, for the photos, the videos, that- and we're putting it together. And I just got a text from him where he's like, um, he was like. I'm going to get you made into a bobblehead. <laughs> Choose one out of these. So we've got all kinds of weird ideas that are about to happen. That you?
0: totally works. Uh, speaking of Genesis, Owusu, it's kind of agreed between many, many friends. It's the album of the year so far, the Australian album of the year. Tell me about, yeah, when you first heard him and, and have you seen it live? Because I've seen it live. It's damn good.
1: No, I haven't seen him live. I, I actually got discovered him through my stepdaughter who's 19. She, awesome. um, she turned me on to him. And um, she was going to go see him live, and was showing. And then I, and then I saw Byron was working with him. I was like, "Oh my god, I love this whole thing." Um, yeah, you know, all of that like connects back to the TikTok thing too. Mm-hmm. It's like this next generation of collage um, and influences and availability of ideas, and it's all just very. Um, I don't know. I just I love. I just love how. Um, I love how many reference points there are for something like mm. that, um, where they're drawing from. It's like almost like Tom Waits or something. It's like drawing from all these really kind of wild sort places. Of data
0: thinking as well, sort of bringing dataism. Into, yeah. into this new vibe And I love the fact that in t- Touch Sensitive And Kieran J Callinan and the other members of the band They just jam for 10 hours Real sweaty, proper deep funk jams And then just pick through it And sort of, you know, worked out what was worth making Yeah, a song. yeah, like, that's cool Goddamn uh, What's the last, last question for you, So, The last song you danced to
1: I think the last one I danced to was the Was Georgia's new single, the one she put out With Ellis Ivy. Oh, it's called Someone Stranger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. yeah. Um so that was it probably. That was yesterday. Beautiful.
0: And just like boogie around the house, lockdown boogie?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just dance. I actually also like to dance a lot to like um bad interstitial funky music on reality tv shows <laughs> my wife's always like you never dance as much as you do as when there's like a stinger transition <laughs> when like the characters are going out shopping I was like yeah I know I just want to get with the vibe you
0: know? you're going to really dig the hit different uh it's sort of like groovy auntie on the go kind of Liz Lemon, Liz Lemon <laughs> vibe when, <laughs> cool. you, when you hear it